What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am Kyle Pagan, and I am your only host for today. Kevin is off. We do have John Foley, one of my favorite Phillies content creators, coming up at 12.15. We'll talk Rob Thompson's managing last night. We'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about Trey Turner, Bryce Harper playing first base and refusing to throw the ball to children, which I think is the most hilarious bit going right now. And I'm excited to uh, figure that out if he's, he's going to continue that tonight. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about Joel Embiid. He's getting married. Harden's eating burgers. People are upset, blah, blah, blah. And since I don't have any co-hosts and I have to kill 15 minutes before Foley comes on, I think we're going to do a face reveal. I don't think he's ever been on before. He's the man behind the scenes. The guy on the ones and twos. Just because I didn't want to tell, I wanted to tell stories. People come in. I didn't want to just talk to you with my art wall not not hanging up. But I want to bring on Craig, producer Craig. What's Hello. up? See, this is how you actually hang art in your house, folks. In the chat, is he prettier than you thought? Is he uglier than you thought? We'll take your comments here. Six one zero six three two. Where are you at? More. That's that is nice hanging wall art. Stud finder, or is oh, yeah. that all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a stud finder. You're you're definitely a stud finder guy. Oh God, he's hideous. Alex Day says, "I, folks, this is the cameraman oh. that I use. All those good tailgate videos and whatnot that come out, get all the shots that you need. This is the man behind them. The man behind the camera. Um, so." I was talking about this a lot over the weekend. Joel Embiid gets married. Congratulations to the big fellow. He looks happy, blah, 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 all that stuff. People were pissed off that uh, James Harden didn't attend. Now, I'm a strict co-worker weddings are the worst. Now, you're young like me, and we've had odd jobs. Like, I've at least been in nine to five, but you've been in, like, a lot of TV production jobs and stuff. So I don't know how the co-workers exist there. Are co-worker weddings annoying? In your role, did you ever been to one? Well, I've been to one. Uh, it was good at the beach in the summer. Ninety degrees. How old were you? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. See, that's that's the age where weddings are still fun, right? Yeah. Like I missed getting invited to Bob's wedding. Not salty at all. You didn't get invited to Bob's. A lovely group shot of Russ, Kevin, Maestro, Investor Mike. I mean. Well, if you know Bob, you're actually not shocked by that. He uh, he only interacts with the guys that he feels are on his level. He doesn't he doesn't touch the peons down below who do doesn't all have the, the stones uh, to invite me. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't talk to all the uh, all the kids doing the grunt work. Well, the reason why I wanted to talk about this as people are, are coming on, I know usually we we wait about ten minutes to get people coming on. I want to tell a story because this Joel Embiid getting married stuff is actually like bringing up triggering me about a story that I'm doing right now or what I, a life event that I'm doing right now. I am in the midst of getting everything together now that I'm 30. And that's what happens when you turn a new decade. You do, you do more life events proposing to my significant other that I've been with for like two to three years now. Um, you're newly, I've seen it on the gram. You've got a new girlfriend. So you're, you're behind me a little bit, uh, yeah. but I keep tabs on you. I keep up with you. Um, you will not be invited to my wedding because I will oh, not. I thought this was a formal invitation. That's why I, was I will not burden you with that. But the reason why I want to talk about this is because my process of the proposal hasn't happened yet. It is an absolute shit show. 
it's like a top 10 worst proposal of all time. Maybe not of all time. I did read about a Turkish woman who just fell off a cliff two minutes after she got proposed to. So I think hers and that guy's trumps mine uh, over this one. But if between my friends and I have like two or three friends that got married, I am definitely sitting in the driver's seat of number one. And the reason being is because nowadays, like old people don't understand how easy they had it to propose. Like nowadays we work from home together. Stuff is done virtually. You have to go into the guy and be like, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this. You have to lie to your significant other and be like, hey, listen, like she wants this, but what do you tell them? We go to the same gym. We go grocery shopping together. We do all the same things together because we work from home. We live together. So it's like, I'm just a, a, a huge liar. So like sometimes she'll travel. Like right now she's traveling. So this is the week that I have to do everything. But she was also traveling a little bit two weeks ago. So I go to the, I go down to old city. I'm doing my thing. I'll, I'll learn you. You know, you're uh, you're comparing people to each other. You're saying, "Hey, this guy gave me this much. Hey, this guy gave me this much." Blah blah blah. You're doing it all things. Met some good guys. Had my guy. Had my guy that I wanted. And then she's on Instagram, literally five days later, being like, "I really like this person's jewelry." So now it's back to fucking square one. And this is this is, fellas, if you've proposed in the last two three years, I'm sure you just feel the same way. So now my guy that I liked is not my guy anymore. Now I have a virtual appointment for today to to do the whole thing. Um, but the reason why this is such a shitty proposal, and I'll, and I'll get to it, is we're heading down to Annapolis to go see a buddy of mine. It's just two days after I finally found my guy. I was like, here's the ring. You got everything I need, blah, blah, blah. Let me know how much it is. So I'm driving. I've got the Waze app, got the Google Maps going right now. I get a mysterious phone call and I, I was think I was like calling people for like something related to crossing broad. So I thought like someone was returning my phone call. I hit, I hit accept. I put it on speaker. Kyle, this is so-and-so from diamond jewelers, blah, blah, blah. Wanted to see how you're doing. She's sitting in the passenger seat right next to me. Proposal ruined. Proposal ruined. Now she already knew because we were, we've already talked about it. We're very open and everything. She knew she was getting proposed to in the last year. So what, you know what? It happens. Blah, blah, blah. No harm, no foul. We go over to her dad's house last Thursday. And he's very traditional. Got to ask the guy, blah, blah, blah. Got to do all that stuff. But I've never really, like, again, we live together. We go to his house together. I never get, like, a moment alone with the guy. So she's, like, out on the back deck talking to his girlfriend. I'm like, hey, this is the perfect time. Let's just nudge this one in here, and uh, and we'll hit it out of the park. I tell him, I'm going to propose to your daughter. He loves me. What's not to like? We hug, embrace. Tears coming out of his eye a little bit. It was a romantic moment. It was a very romantic moment. I mean, top five romantic moments of my life. Most so, romantic you know, moment with a man? With another man. Number one romantic moment I've ever had with a man. We've even slept in the same hotel room, me and you together, and that's the number one romantic moment I've ever had. So, you know, I'm thinking, obviously, dad knows. We'll keep the secret. Let's go. 20 minutes later, dinner's on the table. We're sitting around on the deck. He, he just goes, guess what I was asked today in front of everybody? Kyle asked if he could propose to his girlfriend, name redacted. <laughs> so now, not only did I shit the bed on the jeweler, now the dad is telling me, telling, telling my girlfriend, 
that she will be proposed to. Now, there's a lot worse that can happen in terms of these proposals. But I am re- I'm batting a thousand on the shittiness of this proposal. And people will get to the sports talk in a, in, a, in, a, in a little bit. So I just want to learn you everything you shouldn't do when it comes to you proposing in the next, you know, five, six months. Is this the worst proposal you've ever heard? Well, you know, you now have all the power. So just keep fucking with her. Get down on a knee, look at her, and tie your shoe. Go to a Phillies game. Yeah, make scenes and just blow it up. Blow it off. Is that the is that the play? Yeah, absolute power moves for the next six months. Because I always believe that, and my buddies are like this, is that like every girl knows when she's going to get proposed to. She has she doesn't know. She has an inkling, right? Gets the yeah. gets the nails did. You might be going on to a trip. You might be going here. You might be going there. Blah blah blah. Half the girls I've seen on Instagram are wearing white. How how'd you know? How'd you how'd you know that you were getting proposed to? How'd you get all done up? All that stuff, you know. People know, but I think what I still have the trump card is she doesn't know when. And I think you're right there. She would never guess you do it at a dollar dog night. That's not a terrible idea. Ring on the dog. Of course. Let her bite into it. And then it's like, oh, what's that? Now, the way this proposal is going, she swallows it and we're doing a uh, MRI down in Jefferson. It's and a good, unique reveal. Very expensive. Very expensive ring. Yeah. We'll wait for that three days for that to pass. So are you, I know you're not a huge Philly sports fan, but like, I don't know, say I invited you to my wedding and you didn't show up because you wanted to eat burgers with one third of the guy who wrote International Players Anthem. Should I be mad at you? Sure. I don't know what that is. So James so James Harden went and ate burgers with Bun B. You know who Bun B is? No. Well, he wrote International Players <laughs> Anthem. Get some culture. I got he's he's like he's uh I think two or three members, whatever it is, of Underground Kings from uh the early two thousands. It's one of the greatest rap songs of all time. Andre three thousand, big boys in it. I think big boys in it. So so he was eating burgers at a Travis Scott concert in Miami at Rolling Loud with PJ Tucker shirtless and sweaty instead of being at Joel Embiid's wedding, which had things like Fenston Burrata, which had things like lemon thyme chicken, thyme, thyme, chicken, thyme. Things, like, things like filet mignon at Michael Rubin's house. If I had to put a gun to the head, what's a more exciting experience, would you believe? I mean, probably in Beats wedding. Is that because you're not a Travis Scott fan? Yeah. Pretty easy one. What if I took eating but, eating burgers? So Craig's a big runner. What if I took eating burgers with the last five winners of the Ultra Marathon or Ironman at a Zach Bryan concert? Might be at Zach Bryan. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank God our guest has saved us from this conversation for the 15 minutes. Let's bring on John Foley. Craig, you can go back to your lair. I really appreciate you coming on and helping me for these 15 minutes and whatnot. So let's get John on here and uh, let's talk some fills. John, I appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime, man. I'm a big fan. This is great. Hey, thanks, man. If you don't know John, you should know John. Then you're probably not a Phillies fan. He runs the account 2008 Phils on Twitter. He's got the Substack 2008 Phils, always giving away 
uh, prizes, always bringing awesome content. My favorite being the record bit. I love the record bit. It's uh, People seem to either love it or hate it. People definitely have reactions. Um, what is there to hate about the fact that they had the same record as the 1980 World Series champions, the 2008 World Series champions, and now the 2023 Phillies? Yeah, I mean, I have the same question to me. It's like it's like this is encouraging. It's it's great. Like anything can happen. You know, all all the struggles we're having, you know, uh Trey Turner struggling, Schwarber hitting 180 or whatever. Well, you take a look back at some of these other teams and you remember they they went through their struggles too. So to me it's always it's always a good reminder that we don't know anything yet. Mm-hmm. You know, if you catch fire near the end, um, stay hot through the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, that's all I try to say. But you do. There's just always some angry people in the comments. Like this team's different. This isn't 2000. That that team had <laughs> that had team dogs. had This team doesn't have Hamels. Yes, yes, I understand the concept of different teams, but I don't know. I I like you though. I, I I'm obviously you seem to be a little bit more level-headed on the Phillies spectrum. I think you're kind of like on my end where it's like, hey, we might be a little bit more optimistic on Trey Turner. or We might, you know, understand the lineups that Rob Thompson does sometimes. Sometimes we don't agree with them. Sometimes we do agree with them. But you seem to be like the guy who we talk about this all the time is 162 games is a long season, probably too long in my mind. If I lived and died with a June Marlins result, I wouldn't have a heart right now. I'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. I would have been dead years ago. And to me, that's that's the only way I can enjoy and consume the product of baseball is to have some optimism that things are going to be okay, that, you know, Trey Turner is going to bounce back. Um, and, yeah, and try to stay even keel. You know, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody else how to how to consume the project of the product of major league baseball if you want to ride those highs and crash on those lows and you know one night you want to you want to trade everyone on the team and fire rob and then the next night we're, we're the greatest team and we're back uh go for go for it have i mean if that's if that works for you go for it but man i don't know i just been around too long seen too much Phillies baseball to mm-hmm. uh to to get on the roller coaster like that and yeah, you know, going to get upset for a little bit after a tough loss. Yesterday was brutal. Yesterday was brutal. It was not Rob Thompson's finest moment. Has the has the leash like the World Series leash? I think it's officially a snag. Snag, yeah, which is a good snag. Like, yeah, you know how I mean, you have like those dogs growing up, and your dad would like like <laughs> thing when it went too far. Yeah, yeah, the thing has just gone the maximum length it can. I think right now. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Overall, I'm, I'm still a big Rob Thompson guy. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's time to start calling for firing him. Today's not. Today's a tough day to defend. To defend him. Yesterday was, <laughs> yesterday was terrible for a variety of reasons. But you know, you're going to get that with any manager. Any manager is going to make in-game mistakes. Um, you know, not who. What manager have we ever had in in this town that you know everybody agrees with 100 percent of the time? Last year, a lot of Rob's decisions worked out. It was great. We we make a run in the World Series this year. Not so much. Doesn't seems like he's pushing the right buttons. 
But again, every manager is going to do that. Well, one thing I like about Rob Thompson is, you know, the ability to tune out, like you said, fans going living and dying with, with each game. And, uh, you know, it, after every loss, there has to be, you know, a, a significant portion of the fan base seems to feel like after every loss, there needs to be major shakeups. It's like, first of all, bench Trey Turner for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> drop, <laughs> you know, drop so-and-so to the, to the ninth spot. And, you know, I think uh, Rob does a great job just insulating the players from that and, and tuning that stuff out and being even healed, possibly to a fault, possibly to mm-hmm. a fault. But I, I think it, I think it makes the players like him and respond to him that, you know what, just because you had a bad day yesterday, we're not going to drop you. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to drop Kyle Schwarber to eighth in the lineup or whatever people suggest. Like, he's, it seems like he has their backs. So. It does. It does. And, but, but, you know, maybe a little bit too much because you look at that lineup yesterday and I can understand boom. I can understand JT, but Marsh is, is, is batting 300 against righties right now. Yeah. I'm just he's like, the, I think he's, I think he's still got the highest OPS on the team. Marsh. Yeah, it's like, dude, like I'm all for giving these guys a day off. Do they all have to get a day off on the same day? Can we stagger the day off with the Thursday? Like that we have an off day. Right, right, exactly. Why all at the same time? And the only thing I can come up with is like, well, he doesn't have much faith in Christopher Sanchez to keep pitching as well as he's pitched. And he is sort of seeing it as a, a schedule, not a scheduled loss, but like it's something where like, we're, no, we're not really going really to, you know, put our, our best squad mm-hmm. forward on this one. And I don't know, we're a hundred games in. And, and yeah, one thing about Rob is just, you never seem to feel that sense of urgency that the fans are feeling like, yeah. are we going to get this started? And it's like, well, no, not today. Everybody rest up. Yeah, but you Again, also tweeted yesterday, and it was a great tweet. Christopher Sanchez is a two ninety eight ERA, a .97 WHIP, and the Phillies lost five of his last six starts. Yeah. Christopher Sanchez has been pitching awesome. Now Jeff Passan is saying that they're still looking for a, a, a rotation arm and whatnot. But like, I don't know. Could you not see Christopher Sanchez giving you two two and a half innings in the playoffs, like like uh, like Noah Syndergaard did last year or something like that? Like spot starts here and there. Yeah, I mean all these. All he's done is perform well. I mean, what more could you could you ask out of, out of Sanchez? Um, it's a shame, it's a shame he's getting no support. And again, I don't know if, it's a, if that's a function of how many people are sitting down on on his starts. And I I don't know, but it's definitely changed my mind in terms of the the approach at the, the trade deadline. And that you know, I think whoever you go out to get a fifth starter, are they going to match numbers like these now? Yeah. You know, if if they're taking a look at him and, and they're saying he's like way in over his head and he's not going to be able to keep that up, and they have good reason to think that, then okay, mm-hmm. yes, maybe poke around with that. But it seems like more than more, it's clear more than ever that uh, the offense needs help, and you can maybe get by yeah. with with the pitching you have. So if I gave you, you know, just let's play let's play a little little game here. If I gave you Tommy Pham. Cody Bellinger and I gave you Juan Soto and and one of those guys are coming at the deadline now use your brain obviously it's going to take a lot more to get Juan Soto than it's going to take to get Cody Bellinger and Tommy Fan who are on one-year deals but you know putting that in your mind who would you take at the deadline between Bellinger Fam and and Soto who's who's your number one I'm the the type of fan I want the I want the big move I got no patience I got no patience for these prospects years away I've heard about way too many prospects I want the big move so give me Soto Um, I'd uh, I I caught some heat for saying I'd be willing to trade Painter at this point Um, 
John, get in line. Right here, baby. <laughs> you too? I would trade. Dude, because I have shades of Sixto. I have shades of yeah. Kyle Drabeck wasn't painter, but like, you know, you right. had, he went and got, you know, Roy Holiday with Travis Darnode. Like, that's, I have these guys, like these big time prospects that have shoulder or arm issues. And you're just like, am I going to wait two years when the guys are 32, 33? Or is it kind of just like, let's get Juan Soto? He's got another arbitration year. If we suck when he's 26, 27, at least we can trade him away during the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 100% right there. I mean, you know, I, I was I was excited for Painter this year, just like everybody else was. But, you know, now you're looking at this 2025 timeline. I don't know, man. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how many of these years I got left in me. Uh, he seems like he should be more valuable for a team that's two years away than for a team that's trying to compete right now. Now, I don't know how that actually plays in the trade market among GMs. You know, they say to Don Browski, look, you're trying to, <laughs> this guy's, you know, just coming off of surgery and you're trying to trade into us. But I think, yes, I think if you're a team that's looking, you want to take your shots. If you're one of these small market teams, you can't really, you know, buy superstar pitchers. Here's a potential ace if you if you have the patience to stick around with him. Now, that would be my soul. So the Phillies trying to sell them. Um, you know, I do understand you need some homegrown, homegrown talent to work out sometimes, but he's he's a couple years away now. And, uh, yeah, his timing just doesn't line up with, with um, you know, the ages of, of these veterans. So so I'd, I'd be willing to let him go. Like, I wouldn't let him go for nothing. I'd, I'd want him – I'd let him go in a Soto deal. I wouldn't let him go in a, a Tommy Pham deal. I mean, I just – Tommy Pham, I sure – I, I get it. He's, he's right-handed. That's great. <laughs> he's He's got some solid – he's having a really good season compared to the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Hits with runners in scoring position. Can play yeah. can play left field, which is like a big thing we need here. Yeah, yeah. After yesterday, just another reminder. Um, so, yeah, he checks some boxes. I see why it makes sense. Does he spark the imagination? Does he make me think about, you know, him being, being the guy to – to come in here and and raise morale and, and send us on a run, mm-hmm. it's possible. It's hard yeah. hard to picture. I would, I, I would just go big. You're, you, if you're John Miller and you spend all this money, you're so far. You're if you're not all in, you're ninety five percent in. You might as well just dip that toe in, in for the rest. Well, of that's my thinking. You might as well go for it now. There's times to be rebuilding. There's times to yeah. Here, here's me. Uh, yeah, trying, looking at Tommy Pham. Trying, trying, trying to make my case after Tom against Tommy Pham. I mean, yeah, OPS over 800 this year so far, but 2022, 686, 2021, 724, 2020, not a real season, but 624. I mean, it's it's very easy to see this guy coming over and catching the same <laughs> – Catching the same disease that everybody else seems to have when they get to the Phillies and and falling off and be like a 700 OPS guy. And I I don't know. And, and I want to talk about it. You know, what's your optimism on Trey? You know, obviously Trey's just having a tough time. He's, he's had some spurts here or there, but uh, yesterday, two hours over three gets ejected in the fifth, you know, where you at on, uh, on, on Trey and where's your optimism? So, you know, it's, it's hard to stay optimistic about Trey at this point, what else can you really do? You know, we're talking about like another well, decade yeah. here and he's locked in for the money. And, you know, it, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to turn it around as quick as we need him to this season. I do think he's got the track record, the extensive track record. 
and the raw tools that just say he's going to do better than this. Um, all signs point to that, but I've been saying that since the beginning of the season, try and tell everybody relax after 20 games, 40 games, 60 games, at a certain point, it's like, all right, this is maybe not his year. Maybe, you know, we're just not going to get what we want out of him this year, uh, similar to Castellanos last year. Um, but you gotta, you gotta have faith that he's, that he's going to bounce back and, uh, but because there's no alternative, he's not. Yeah, he's not going nowhere. One year after being signed and having like a, a, a his worst season. Yeah, you can't. And, there's no. There's no other option than just hope he gets better. And that's why I own the most stock in Philadelphia for Trey Turner right now. Right now, I am. I am. Uh, I am taking a beating on the Trey Turner stock right yeah. now. But I do suggest that people continue to buy it as a financial advisor. That. Yeah. Even though, disclaimer, I own a lot of Trey Turner stock, I will continue to buy it. I will continue to gobble it up because maybe this is like his Castellanos year. I don't yeah, know. His Castellanos year, I mean, there were periods of long stretches of time where, where Real Muto struggled. Everybody was upset about that. People don't talk about it now, but everyone was upset with Bryce Harper's batting average when he, yes. the first year he was around. It's like, you know, um, let's <laughs> – yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is exactly I, – I do think he's going to come back. He's just – He's just too talented, and he has proved he's too talented to perform like this. Why it's happening, I don't know. Sort of like, <laughs> why? I mean, everybody else is underperforming too. You got Brandon Marsh should not be leading your team in OPS. You got all these other guys. So now, how long until we get to file a class action lawsuit against John Hamm? Because John Hamm, remember that narrated video he did for Trey yes, Turner? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Between, between, <laughs> it was basically like he's the greatest player of all time, narrated by like the beautiful voice of John Hamm. Like he's was, he should be able to, we should be able to file a civil suit against him if yes, this doesn't work. Yes, he can't get away with that with no repercussions. Ham, yes. we're coming for you. But between, but between the the John Hamm hype video and the World Baseball Classic. Trey Turner's going nuts. He's going, you know, he's hitting a couple home runs a game. He's just a monster. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. And yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with him. I, you know, Kevin Long is supposed to be a genius. Go fix him, man. Fix him. And it's, and it's the fielding, too. Like, I know, yeah. you know, I, I know I had heard and had, you know, observed to a certain extent that he wasn't like, the super duper kind of fielder that you would expect out of like such a speed guy and mm-hmm. uh, and such a smooth guy, at least when it comes to the slides, you, you would think he'd be, he would be better than this defensively. Um, but I don't know. Here we are. Where, where were you at and where are you now on uh, Bryce Harper at first? Were you always team Bryce Harper at first or were you kind of like a little, a little hesitant? I was a little hesitant. Um, you know, just like everybody else, I was I was excited to see him get that first game out there. And uh, you know, just, like, is this something reasonable that he can he can do? I mean, and he looks he looks great. You know, it like it looks great. Uh, and why why didn't we maybe try this a longer time ago? It's gonna yes. extend his career. He's you know, he's an he's an athlete. He's he seems like the kind of dude you put him in most any position. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. He's a psychopath. He's psycho. I mean, he just he's, works. He's wired differently. He was on Sports Illustrated at 17, hitting 600-foot bombs. Like, yeah. for him to have the career after being, like, on Sports Illustrated and being this, like, heralded product, like, the most heralded product since I feel like LeBron James was on Sports 
Sports Illustrated before, wow. like for him to even amount to anything like two MVPs and all that stuff, a World Series appearance, like he's wired differently. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He was always yeah. going to learn first base. He was always going to jump into that camera. Well, he was always going to be making Absolutely. double plays and not throwing the, the last out ball to children. Have you seen him not throw the last out ball to the children? <laughs> I did it's, it's an all time fit. It is the best. Fit uh... If anyone's going to the game tonight, I need video proof to know if he's throwing the ball or not. I was told I mean, that I made a TikTok and people were in the comments saying he gets the last out. He puts the ball in his glove, and then during warm-ups, after warm-ups are over, he'll throw the ball into the stands. And uh, a guy from who was in Cleveland was telling me that all the Guardians fans were, like, heckling him and, and, and everything. So he would launch it 25 feet over their head to, like, a bunch of Phillies fans in a group. And I was like, that's the most Bryce Harper thing of all it. time. I love it. Just I mean, again, just continues to prove he's a perfect Fit for for the city. He scored team. from first to home on a single almost last yeah, night. Yeah, almost, almost. And then his reaction was just like, you know, it's like, okay. It, yes. Like, you see how, you see how happy we are about this team or how giddy we are about this? Like, this team can't be bad. They can't be bad. They, just they have be. to go to the playoffs. Like, they have to. They have to. I look at the the mess of wildcard teams and I'm just like, come on, come on. We're not going to get one of those three spots out of this, out of this collection of teams. Yeah, because I, I get it. Okay, we're not going to get. I've accepted the facts. We're not catching the Braves. We're not going to compete with the Braves. The only thing we can maybe do with the Braves is catch some luck in a short series. You know, we we were definitely able to do that last year. But the wild card that should be, I don't, <laughs> that should Why be a lock with, on paper. Yeah. This is the yeah. team. Just, you know, Where are I'm we still like taking out any of the other wild card teams. Are we a half game out right now. Yeah, just a half a game out. All the, all this losing lately, they're all losing too. It's, they're all losing. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Giants are even losing. So. Miami's losing. I'm loading up right now. So yeah, it looks like it's Cincinnati who's got a half game up in first. Arizona, Miami, and San Francisco are actually all tied, and we're a half game right behind there. Miami is going to Miami's going to hit a roadblock. Arizona, I don't think they're for real. I think it's going to be probably San Francisco, Philadelphia, and then. Even Cincinnati, man, can they still keep playing at the pace that they're playing at? Like they're they're a bunch of young guys with no. Yeah, a bunch of young guys. They're they're a real fun team. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But there's there's no team on there where you're just like, oh well, they're they're better than Philly, so they get a spot. I mean, this this roster just it just it just has to it just has to go to the playoffs. Yeah, it's got. I have a future too, so it has to go to the playoffs. It has to go. To the playoffs. <laughs> So, um, so tell me about the Substack a little bit. So, you obviously, you're uh, you're a Phillies fan. You get a great following. I think you're like 23,000 followers on Twitter and stuff. So, you just start a Substack. Like, what kind of like got you into first like your Phillies fandom? I always relate like Mickey Morandini with being the first guy that I loved on the Phillies yeah. and stuff. Like, how'd you uh, how'd you get into the sub Substack? How'd you get into this Phillies content stuff? So, uh, you know, Elon took over Twitter, and uh, you know, for a lot Ex- of people, it's <laughs> X, yes. So Elon took over X. And, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on in this platform, but they're, they're legit celebrities over here, over there. And they, they can have, you know, uh, different platforms, you know, uh, crossing broads all over the place. You're not dependent on one platform, one person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, been working at this Twitter thing for a long time. Somehow, you know, accumulated all these people. And uh, if it goes away, and I'm not saying it will, hopefully it won't. 
Um, but if it goes away, it would just be kind of shot. And you're like, you're, you're just at the whims of this, like, good. Trillionaire. No, we can't, we can't <laughs> think like that. It's can't never like going to go away. He's got a plan. He's got a great plan. Xanga, uh, <laughs> MySpace, uh, uh, one before that, I think there was one that I wasn't on, but those, you know, those were solid. They're still around today, technically. Oh yeah, yeah, technically. <laughs> um, maybe I'll take my talents back over to MySpace. I don't know. Yeah. But Do you want to drop your Threads account just in case anyone's listening? <laughs> but like, I it, I love the idea. So I was interested in doing the doing some more long form writing, trying to do something different. Um, I, I like the Substack model. There's no advertisements. You're, um, you just sort of build your audience and you control directly how to speak to your audience. You know, Substack never owns any email addresses when people sign up. That's purely with me and it makes it like portable. So it's, you know, just trying to, trying to do something different, you know, write something once a week. I like, I like finding other, other writers, artists uh, that uh, may not be beginning publicized the, the way I think they should be when I, I see their work and, and incorporating them uh, as, as either guest writers or, or, or dropping some art in there. And uh, it's, just, it's just been really fun trying to build a whole another little community within our, our Phillies Philly's ex community. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Is there anything you do besides Phillies? Like, do you, do you have other hobbies? Because I just, I imagine like with all the losing of this franchise, it's like being a French war, like a historian, like there's just too much losing. <laughs> you, need, <laughs> you need other hobbies or you're just yeah, going to be down. You need, with something. you need to like, you need to be able to step away sometimes. I mean, in terms of, terms of hobbies i got i got two kids i got a 12 year old and seven year old so really my hobbies are just their their hobbies i'm just you know driving around chaperone literally games gymnastics all the all their all their stuff art yeah are you like a birds fan are you a flyers fan like what's your second team other than the Uh, second team second team is definitely the birds huge birds fan um you know i'll hop how you feeling i'm feeling i'm feeling great i'm feeling you know i'm finally getting over finally getting ready to be hurt again uh, yeah. by the birds. I mean, that Super Bowl was, was brutal. You talk about the kids halftime. We got, we got the kids, we got their friends over here. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's having a great time. We're up 10 at halftime. Time. It's a party by the end, just tears. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to being a real fan. Listen, I, in 2004, I cried my eyes out. I was 11 years old. And I told my father because he was like he like laughed at me. I was like, "You don't <laughs> like you don't understand how it feels." <laughs> and completely forgetting that 1980, he had the same thing. He was like 16 years old then, and probably had tears coming out of his eyes. But I told him he didn't know what it what he it feels like, know. and he knows what it feels like. You always know what it feels like, folks. I mean, I never had heartbreak in my life compared to those um, those early 2000 uh, FC Championship game losses I, that. Because, you know, and, you know, I was just younger and uh, those things hit you harder. Not that they, I mean, it still hits me hard now. Um, Super Bowl hit me hard, but, and it helps that they have one. It it changes everything that they have one. Um, You know, so it's so much better. Maybe I'm a loser, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't love that they got the 2023 ring, but like even the heartbreak 
was worth it because last year was so much fun. Just last year was amazing. Just the camaraderie around this town. It was the first time I ever worked in sports where a team, you know, a big time team went to the finals. Um, and it was just cool to see everybody kind of latch onto it. All the car flags. I mean, businesses getting into it and stuff like it was really cool. And it does. And, you know, just looking back on the fond memories and everything that actually, I think, and it happened with the Eagles, too. Um, it, it lessens the heartbreak in my mind. Some yeah. people it won't, but it does for me. I wanted to ask you, though, like you're around for 2009. Were you do you remember 93? I would. I was. Yes. Okay. I was born in 93, so I don't remember those guys. Uh, young bastard. I was, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was, I was 12 in 93. So it was okay. like, it's kind of, that's the year it, it hits you and gets in your blood. Oh, yeah. 12. Yeah. 12. And, yeah. It's tough now. Yeah. I was 11 in 2004 and it, it's tough. It's, it's the first yeah. time. Yeah. That, like you're really kind of like, you have that like cognitive, you know, mind where you're like, I understand these guys. Yeah, like, you're uh, understanding, you're excited. And like, uh, you know, I've been a baseball fan for a few years, but I just had this miserable team that nobody cares yeah. about. And then all of a yeah. sudden, like people are paying attention to the team that I like. And they're just like everywhere. The summer was a big party. They they got mm-hmm. out with such a hot start. It was amazing. So, yeah, that's that's the that's the team for me. And uh, which one hurt the most, you think, 2023, 09 or, or 93? So... 93, I think just because of the age I was and the okay. way you feel things at, yeah. at that, you're just like, uh, like I still remember. Yeah, it's a lot weirder when a 28 year old man is crying after yeah. the Phillies lose <laughs> than it is when a 12 year old. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But you know, 2009, whatever that wasn't that, that wasn't too bad. We we had just won in 2008 and it felt True. like we were going to be good forever. And uh, you know, and last year's hurt in a whole different way, they probably we know they weren't the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you did have a, a sense the entire time. Like, can they just, can they wrap this up before the, before the magic runs out? Um, it got pretty bad after they went up two one and then, yeah. you know, couldn't close it out again. Like that false hope uh, was killer. But I think for me that, that 93, 93 one was just so bad. I, you know, I wasn't around for 80, 93 was kind of it for me. Then we're back and terrible again for so many years. And yeah, by the time anything post 2008, uh, those, those world series losses, again, a, a lot like the birds, um, got one, got, got to see that one. That one. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I said before it happened, you know, just one before I die, like everybody else said, and, Yeah. you know, but it's, it's so funny. Cause in 2020, we're ready to like, light Howie Roseman's house on fire yeah, and it's two yeah, years yeah. later. Like, you know what? You know what, Howie? This, this good grace has ran out, has run its course. Yeah. Doug's gone. Carson's gone. We just regroup and now yeah. we're back in it. And Howie's like probably one of the most famous people in Philadelphia now. It's weird how all that winning winning cures absolutely everything. I do want to ask you yeah. before I let you go, what um what do you think what, what do you think seeing what do you see happening more uh, this season, the Phillies go back to the World Series, or the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl. Put you on the I, I think the I think the Eagles would be the the smarter bet on that. I'd love to see the Phillies go back. Um, no. Well, go ahead, what, what has you worried about the Eagles? I mean, the schedule, I, dude. I, I'm I'm worried about the defense. I'm real, and the schedule is really hard. I, I mean, yeah. I know like Jalen Carter, top ten pick. That's awesome, but we just watched Jordan Davis kind of not give us anything. Obviously, yeah. you know, you had. 
you know, the two the two top DTs on the team and whatnot, and you, and he and how he goes out and signs a couple guys as well. But like you know, Jordan Davis gets hurt, doesn't really perform. Like Jalen Carter, like I think we're like resting a lot of our laurels on him. The safety position kind of scares me. Uh, the cornerbacks, I mean, his Slay's another year older. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about a defense, a defense that even before the offseason changes couldn't couldn't get a, a single stop in the Super Bowl. Well, that's the sod father's <laughs> fault. That wasn't that was yeah, that's true. That's absolutely not their fault. That's all on the sod father. I do, man. That field. I'll, I'll never get this. I'll never I get this loss. Dude, they, this Philly's team, really, just, yeah, but the Phillies, the Phillies, you know, dude, they run on vibes. They run on vibe. They're the most vibe dependent team I've ever seen. Like when the vibes are good, they're just rolling, clowning each other. Nothing can go wrong. Put a song on the playlist. They'll go on a ten game winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the weirdest (laughs) team in the world, and that's why, like, when I see people get angry at them, I can't take those people seriously all the time. When they're living game one, game two, game three, it's like, dude, like, dancing on my own came back on the playlist. Would they go like, like ten and three or something like that? Like, it's just it's a weird. Weird. This team makes no sense. I can't take them seriously. They're like, they're, I don't know if you watch Succession, but like in yeah. it, Luke and Roy's like, you're very unserious people. You're very unserious like, people. Is, I love you, but you're not serious. People. That That's that exactly should be it. the yearbook for the Phillies. I love you, <laughs> but you're really unserious people. Absolutely. That's just, yeah, the video yearbook. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's, I mean, that's that's just who they are. You know, this is who they were last year too. So, one hundred percent. This is not that big of a shock. I just like. You know, how can all these different guys – and, yeah, people talk about the trade deadline. What can you do here? What can you do there? And I think Thompson was right when he had a quote. It was like, look, our our big five guys, either they're going to hit or they're not. Like, you can make trades at the margins, but you've got tons of money invested in these guys. And that's that's your team. So they're going to play well and and they'll win, or they're not going to play well, but you're not going to change the whole team. so best you can do, in my opinion, try to bring somebody in that feels energizing, that really seems like will make an impact. I don't think that's Tommy Fan. I don't think well, <laughs> someone someone in our comments was like, who's he gonna punch in the face first over yeah. a gambling debt or over <laughs> yeah, a fantasy was, football debt? And it's like I mean, Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. And, until the deadline passes, I'm just gonna keep again, this is the only way I get by with optimism and hopefulness. Mm-hmm. Until that deadline passes. I'm thinking about Shohei Otani. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. Who know? Who knows what, what the offer is that you have to make? Who knows what the like? Why can't we do one of these packages that teams already do always do for us when we ship out a superstar? That is, there was eight guys we never heard of. That is interesting when you say that because technically, if you're the Phillies, this is probably the position. You know, me putting myself in the mind of Dave Dombrowski. Like I absolutely know what the hell I'm talking about. But anyway, like. Shohei's not going to, from from everything we've seen, Shohei's not going to resign with the Phillies. He wants to be on the West Coast. He wants to be close to Japan, all that stuff. Like, that's what he wants to do. But, like, for a, what, a three-month rental, you know, would we be able to give them, you know, someone, you know, maybe our our fifth to sixth best prospect or something like that? Maybe something else? I don't know. Like, maybe a player? Like, that. you know what? That doesn't actually... You, you're talking about that. If you can get them for the right deal, and I don't know where the Angels are at. I know that owner keeps hemming and hawing, being like, we have a 3.9 chance to make the postseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a good weekend. <laughs> this like, is your year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the price is exorbitant. Maybe it's not because of him being a rental. And uh, 
all I know is I, I just, I hope, you know, the Phillies are doing their due diligence and, you know, checking in on the greatest baseball player of all time. Ho- hopefully they've at least made a phone call to, to rule it out. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and get goofy and say, I think Otani's coming here, but I will tell you, I, I hope they're checking in on him. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a chance to go somewhere and, you know, why, why not us? We can, we've got some prospects um, that we can send back. And yeah, um, head is so bizarre to try to figure out where the price is on them. Maybe yeah. we can do it. So, yeah. hey, so Tani guy, I hear is pretty good. Could solve a lot of problems. <laughs> he could solve a lot of problems. He can, he can be your number one guy, and he can also hit for power, which we really need right now. That's is Aaron so. Nola an ace in your mind? <sighs> It's like whatever. When it comes to, it's just semantics, right? Like he is who we we all know exactly who he is. So to have the so to have the argument is should we call him an ace or not call him an ace? Well, what is he? I I don't know. What is he? He's he's. I think he's an ace. Oh, stop it, John! Your red colored glasses are are putting on right now. I think of it as like you know, the best pitcher in a five man rotation and arguably now it's Wheeler. So maybe he's, he's not the ace anymore, but for, for a few years now, my stance on that, on that argument, is just like, I, I have lower standards for, for what qualifies as an ace. Like, and why is that an ace doesn't have to be Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee okay. and go out and dominate and just, you know, the other team probably doesn't have a chance every fifth day to me. That can't really be the definition. There's just not enough of those guys. So he's he's like a he's like a bargain basement ace. I think is where I land on it. Okay. Um, and more, it's just like I don't I don't know this year especially can't can't trust him. He's not an ace that you want to go go out there and start game one of the World Series up against you know somebody somebody incredible. But aces he he would be the ace on a, on a lot of teams. He's. Um, He's frustrating. I think he's, frustrating. He's, he's he's absolutely the player that makes me lose my mind the most. Yeah. Because you, you just you've seen so many games where he where he dominates mm-hmm. and, and he does these incredible things, and then he then he goes out and serves up like seven home runs. And it's 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 crazy. I mean, he takes the perfect game in like the eighth when we needed to clinch last year for the playoffs. He yeah. he K's 10, 10 Mets in a row a couple of years ago. And then he's given up homers to Quan, who's like on the one percent of like hard hitting like analytics in the MLB on Sunday, and, and you're and then he finishes with only three runs given up, and he should have got the win. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's he's insane. He's an insane person. You just never know, dude. You know if he's going to show up, and like even again if he's cruising, you never know if like he's just going to have one of those yeah classic Nola innings. But I don't know. Um, I. <laughs> Yeah, ace, not an ace. He he's, he helps the team more than he hurts them. He's here. He's a bargain basement. He's a bargain. Maybe maybe he's dropping that price to a point where it, it makes sense to re-sign him, or maybe this is a situation where everyone they, where he could use a change of scenery after this year and and we use sure. that money elsewhere and uh part ways. But where would you be okay with two years, three years, four if they went off again? <sighs> Uh, I don't, I don't love the idea of getting them for, but I think somebody is. Oh. I think, I mean, the contract pitchers. What did? Uh, nah, what he's, did not gonna, he's not going to take eighty. He's not going to take eighty. He's not going to take eighty. He wanted two hundred. 
Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> worse than my Trey Turner stock that I bought last month. <laughs> That's going to bounce back. It's going to bounce yeah, back. It's going to bounce back. Dude, I'm sitting. I'm Diamond Hands. They call me Kyle Diamond Hands Pig. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting on the most Trey Turner stock. I'm stockpiled Trey Turner stock just sitting yeah. on my uh, my E Trade account. No, I'm, right I'm in too deep, too, and just in, in saying he's going to turn this thing around any day. Uh, there's, there's no going back for me. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I've already dug myself a hole. I'm in this crater right, right now, right? right. By the just, by the crater. I just try to I just try to talk about them less. I don't like going and like starting the the trash players. But what I, what I will do is just stop vocally defending them and just sort of become gradually gradually more silent. Yeah, I'll be the Homer Simpson meme where I'll just fade right, to the back right, just of the bushes, <laughs> but I won't come out like at the end. But this is yeah. true. So so Joe Joe DeCamera wants to from WIP. He wants to re, he just wants to just to get rid of the Trey Turner contract. Somehow he wants to get rid of ten years and two seventy two million on it. But last time Joe Giulio said something. Here's some analytics for you guys. The next thirteen games, we Trey got, went three twenty one, three ninety five oh nine split OPS eight ninety nine, and the Phils went ten and three. So if you're out there, disclaimer again, I owe a shit ton of Trey Turner stock <laughs> by the dip. By the By that tip. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, he's just been too good for too long. This isn't yes. a guy who had like one great season. And now, you know, he's got, I mean, he's been terrific forever. And the, the heartbreaking part is he was supposed to be exactly what this lineup needed. Mm-hmm. Just fast guy, like the prototypical leadoff hitter on base, constantly wreaking havoc. Yeah. A real number two, unlike Reese Hoskins. Yeah. 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 Uh, classic number two, if not a classic number one, like contact. And uh, now it's just another, another one of our collection of big strikeout guys. It's like they, a lot of distressed assets on this team. Yeah. Like I, why? Um, we're like, we're, we're buying, we're buying houses in like 2008 right now. That's what yeah. we're. That's what we're doing. We just we bought a nice four bedroom house in two thousand and eight, right now. Oh my god! Uh, so, hey man, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Hey, anytime. I, I love this. Love love the work you guys do. And uh, yeah, thank uh, you. Man. Happy back. Anytime. Where can uh, we dropped a link for your Substack? But where can people search it or find it or or plug your? Uh, uh, yeah. So if you follow me on Twitter, um, there's a link to the Substack right right from my profile. Uh, right in my bio, there's a link that will take you there. Um, give your email. Uh, you know, I want you to know that's that's protected. That email will never be sold to anyone else. But just get you on the list, and then once a, once a week, you'll get a pretty big, jam packed uh, free newsletter. And then you know, some people do upgrade and, and get bonus articles and and oh, t-shirts nice. and stuff. Um, but there's absolutely no no need to do that. And uh, I, I think it's worth signing up for. And uh, yeah, if, if you like the Phillies, uh, it's a Phillies thing. Come check it out. If, if you don't want to go through Twitter, you can also go directly to it at 2008Phils, all one word, and, and Phils with a Z, .substack.com. Uh, Kyle's got it up here on the screen. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I really like it. it. I mean, you do, you do great giveaways. You know, I know you give prints from um, uh, Dewani, who works, who does a lot of Sixer stuff, but she also did some uh, some Philly stuff for you. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's really cool T-shirts. Give a hundred dollars to your three thousand subscriber. Like, who else is doing that, folks? Who's, who else is doing that? Yeah, who else is doing that? You have to come check it out. We do all sorts of nonsense. And, I love uh, it. And look, and look, it's free. It's free to sign up. So you know, check it out. And if you don't like it, then unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was it was free. And so I, that's the great thing about America. 
If you don't like the way the Phillies <laughs> are like playing, you, you just turn the TV off and you don't ever have to watch them ever again. Exactly. USA. Go USA. Hey, thank you, man, so much for coming on. Hey, thank you. Good luck with everything. Take care. All right. Craig, come back on. Got anything else for today? Uh, so much. What else? We're going to talk about Courtney DeWalter just crushing it at a blanked hard rock who is that one of the best ultra runners in the world wow tell me more what, what was his or her time uh forget it was like 22 some 22 hours and like 40 minutes but and broke what, her own course record wow and, and what did she have to do run 100 miles with like twenty thousand feet of elevation gain wow 100 miles at twenty thousand elevation yeah that's Probably. insane up and down. And it took her how long? Like 22, 21 hours. Straight? Like, did she sleep? No. You don't sleep? No, you just go. Do you have any interest in that? Oh, yeah. Doing a 55 miler in November. What is the benefits of that? I think that's a, that's a psychopath move. 50, like, why are people, like, you just saw Bronny James went down with a cardiac injury. Like, my heart, my heart is going to get out. Are you worried about, you know, your heart? No, you know. I mean, I, you know, I think Bronny James, world-class athlete D1, has a stronger heart than you, and he's not running 55 miles. I'm just saying, you're older. I'm just, I think it's a fair fair analysis there. You're not worried. Like, where are you running this? In the uh, Appalachians? Like New Jersey, a little spot between, like, Philly and the shore. And when is it? November. Nice and cool. No okay. ticks. All right. Just go get an EKG. All right. So we got a investor Jeff for. We need you on this program to bring up tweets. Now pull up all the dirt. <laughs> and and make uh, our gambling photoshops with hipsters and their iPhones out. So you're you're a vital part to this broadcast and to this company. I don't need you collapsing on mile 52, okay? I'll try my best. All right. All right. Well, good luck. We'll monitor uh, We'll monitor Craig, Craig's ultra running uh, marathon. What are you up to now? How do you train for that? I'm doing like 64 miles a week this week. And how long do you think that will take you to, to finish? I'm hoping like under nine hours. I think I can either win it or be top five at the least. What is the mile? Uh, what is the what is the minutes per mile you're looking for? Like sub nine. Okay. I ran it. Well, I mean, shit. I ran that better in the Broad Street five years ago. So am I faster <laughs> than you? No. I don't know. Sub nine is pretty soft. I mean, I Broad Street was. I think the best I did was like, well, like sixty eight minutes. And what's that? Six minutes and. Can you break that down for the people who don't want to do math right now? It's a little bit under seven minute probably, mile. Yeah, probably like six thirty ish. Not impressed. Um, neither am I. I'm not. I'm not. Fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Well, it, do you get a runner's high? Are those real? They can be. You got to like run far, like like fifty five miles. Yeah, that's how you do it. Like, what mile marker do you get a runner's high? Uh, probably like. I feel like the last time I got it was like mile 30 of a 40 mile race. And what does a runner's high entail? 
all of a sudden you go from hurting to feeling pretty good. And it's little things. Like your your joints just like your knees just stop hurting, your calves just stop hurting, your hips just stop hurting. Yeah, suddenly your... you go from like a ten minute crawl to like being able to do a six minute mile. Is it a dopamine effect? Yeah, it's drugs. But internal drugs, like not Western or Eastern medicine. This is like your body releasing these kind of drugs. Yeah. Hmm. So All go right. run thirty miles today. Let me know how you feel. I think I'll end up where Bronny James ended up if I run thirty miles today. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, hey, listen, we learned a lot about running. We learned a lot about the Phillies today. We learned about how shitty of a proposal guy I am. I think we learned a lot today. I think this was a good chat for uh, for middle July and uh, and nothing really going on. So I'm excited Craig, to propose live on stream. I will be proposing live on Crossing Broadcast um, when we hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're halfway there. And uh, we will talk to you on Thursday with a Kevinless show again because he's off all week. Well, maybe he'll actually make a surprise. Uh, maybe he'll make a surprise uh, visit. I saw him in the chat a little bit, so I don't know what he's doing. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos. Thank you to John Foley for coming on. And uh, go subscribe to his Substack. It is very good and it's worth it. And he does give $100 away when you're a subscriber sometimes. So it could be you. Talk to you.